boys. This is episode eight. Episode eight, man. And uh, I guess we can say what? Another setup? Yeah. Another setup. Another setup. <laughs> um, another setup. We're trying to get more things more permanently established. I mean, shit, if you go back and watch the videos, you know, you slowly progressed. Yeah, you definitely can see where we started from topics, just the smoothness and the flow. I think this one will be one of our uh, our better our better episodes. I think we're just getting better with everyone, you know. So um, I guess a lot of happened. We always say a lot happened since last week, last time we talked. Um, I guess we could start. We have a esteemed guest. We'll get to him in, in a little bit. Let's uh, go so over some of these topics of the week, and then we'll introduce our guest who's here. Um, so let's talk about uh, the Super Bowls next week. You know, we have some uh, unexpected people that won Cincinnati versus uh, L.A. And it's in L.A., I believe, this year, right? Or is yeah, it in Vegas? I think Rams hosting it. Rams is hosting it. That's going to be crazy, though. It is going to be nice. What y'all think about, like, because, like, I hear L.A. is, like, I mean, it's always been kind of wild with, like, different things that's going on. But, <laughs> but like, I feel like I hear, like, more robberies and more stick-ups and different things like that going on in LA. So I feel like come Super Bowl time, it might get real weird. It might get rowdy. It might get real <laughs> shaky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it might be crazy. And um, I don't know. I've been to Super Bowl the last two years. I went to, uh, my buddy was in the Super Bowl, Kansas City, two years ago, Damian Wilson. Shout out to them. They won mm -hmm. that year. And then last year, another one of my buddies, they won too. You had a couple homies. Antoine Winfield Jr., yep, and mm -hmm. Tyler Johnson. They won with TB12. Nice. Won his last Super Bowl before he retired. And what y'all think about that? Tom Brady retired. Insane. Insane. I think it's his time. It's his time. Yeah. I mean, bro's, bro's amazing. but It's always like, better when you can go out while you're on top, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's true. Because he's been, what, 22 years? That means he was been, he been playing since I was. <laughs> he's been playing since we were all kids. <clears throat> Four, bro. Yeah. Five. Like, I don't know. I just always think, like, same with Mayweather. Like, you might as well quit while you're ahead because mm -hmm. if you have that one loss... Does it, taint your whole, does it taint your whole career? Definitely. What? I think the downfall is the saddest part to watch. Like when people keep playing. Yeah. You know? And they like hit that plateau and then it starts to it decline. Get worse and worse. That's one thing I will say. At least we got to see Tom Brady where he didn't decline. It wasn't mm -hmm. just like trash Tom Brady. Even people right. thought it was going to be and he still ended up winning the Super Bowl that exactly. year. So that was, that was, that's definitely dope. Mm -hmm. I mean, a GOAT. One thing, go. one thing I've always heard is that people, uh, they only going to remember the way you started and the way you finished. Finish. Like, of course, the numbers are going to speak for themselves, statistics and all that. But at the end of the day, they're going to remember how you ended your career. Mm -hmm. So if you end on top, he should have just retired after he won the, the last. The Super Bowl, right? Yeah, for right real. away. But it's like if you win the Super Bowl, you just had the best team technically of that year. So it's like, doesn't matter. why not try won. again? But you still won. True. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. And can't nobody take that away from you. Like, if it, if you win while you're in the eyes of, you know, just like I don't know, it, heading out on a on an upbeat is good. Yeah, I, I for sure thought he would retire off a win, off the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, that's what I figured. I don't know. I feel like Tom Brady being who he is after that Super Bowl, it was cool. Mm -hmm. But it's like they already counted me out. What if I got another one? Right. Like, what if yeah. I got eight? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what can they say to me after that? Mm -hmm. Even though they really can't say nothing after. Six, seven, mm -hmm. four, three, two. Right, really? two. <laughs> Let's jump straight to talking about the uh, police killing. Oh, yeah, so there's, yeah. There's two major shootings 
deaths in Minneapolis in the this past week, two days. Two days, yep. One was a Richfield student. Mm -hmm. Two students. They got shot. One died. One's living, to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was uh, like a warrant serve. A warrant uh, search that they came in. I gone heard. bad. Yep, warrant search gone bad. Essentially, they came in, was looking for somebody. That person wasn't the person they were looking for. They barge in. He grabs for his gun, like, who's coming in my crib? Mm -hmm. Boom, they off him. But it's not the person they originally But how do they keep making mistakes like that? Like, that's insane, bro. That shit's crazy. Like, how do you kill the wrong person? Like, I feel like if we're going out and we're saying we're police, we're going out and saying we're looking for this person. The picture's been blasted up. I know what they look like. I'm not just going to shoot somebody unless I feel in danger, but I don't know. Well, the discrepancy mm. comes when they said the neighbors are claiming that they didn't hear anything <clears throat> as far as the um, announcing <clears throat> themselves. And what's crazy is this actually happened in my old apartment building. I used to live there. It's called Bolero Flats. Mm -hmm. It's like an older building. So it's not like it's just concrete throughout and soundproof. Like if somebody's yelling in the hallway or whatever, like you're probably going to hear it. Mm -hmm. So for the neighbors to say they didn't hear the police, you know. Say like, hey, open boom, up. Boom, 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 mm -hmm. FBI, SWAT team. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, ah. Uh, yeah, because it was FBI and SWAT, right? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know enough about the actual story, but it just sounded weird. And we don't need no more of them rioting. Yeah. We don't need <clears> no more people fearing the, fearing the police in Minneapolis. Like, we've had enough of it in the past two years. The past two years, like, to the point where it's like, we say we we don't need we don't need or we might not trust them, but at the end of the day, we do need some mm -hmm. some authority, some ground, some people to. Because who else are you gonna call? What are you gonna call the street like how we do back in the old no, days? Called like local gangs no, to bro. help us? No, yeah. it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same demographics. Not the same street rules like it was before. Because originally, originally that's what gangs was for. Gangs were there because the police didn't come in time to protect the people in the hoods to do it. So they were there to say, hey. This is the this is the rules about how we do it. This is how we don't do it. Now it's like the gang culture. I feel like it's so up in the air. There's so many young people, so many cliques killing random people for no reason. It's like you can't trust the gangs. You can't trust the police. So who do we call? What do we rely on? We all just get guns, essentially. Well, if you have a gun, then they're gonna shoot you. Then they're gonna shoot you because if you go <laughs> get your gun when you feel in danger. Then you get, uh, yeah. That sure as hell is the trend too. Everybody getting guns. Everybody getting guns now. It's like, yeah, I need to protect myself because I don't feel protected. But it's For like, real. one, a lot of people that are getting guns probably shouldn't have guns. Mm. But I mean, we can't say that you shouldn't have a gun unless you're like under some mental whatever. Okay, Two, a lot of these people don't even know how to use guns. For, For real. real. They get a gun, don't even go to the range. I know multiple people that don't go to the range. And don't even know, how, know to how to use the use gun. It. They just yeah, have it there just because whatever. But it's like, if I'm going to get a gun, I'm going to go to the range, know mm -hmm. how to use my stuff. So if, if that time happens, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But These articles just not making sense because they said that only one officer was the one who shot him. They said, according to the report, police informed a dispatcher around 6, 19 a.m. that they'd be going to Department 701 mm -hmm. and that Air 1 about to execute this risk, no noise expected, suggesting that they were carrying out a no-knock warrant. Mm. And, oh, but, so it still wasn't, to... but it still wasn't the guy they was looking for. So in that situation, like, who's really wrong? Because, like, he went in expecting to see that person, and that person was, like, sleeping. There. But that guy, he wasn't even there. But the guy who you did run into had a gun and was not expecting you to come, so he just got to shoot or whatever, up the gun on you. I don't, it doesn't say they even shot at the police. I don't know, this is just a weird story, and I think transparency is important, especially in Minneapolis right now, between the police and the people. 
you know they're they're redacting certain information that is going to cause people to be up in arms you know up in arms right mm-hmm. and people are to lead to their own stories you know what i'm saying because it's like like you said if there's no transparency then we get all these media outlets yep. next thing you know it's police are against black people black people against police but what if it's not the case but at this point from what we're seeing it looks like another yeah accidental police killing which doesn't make it's it's getting yeah i don't think it was purposeful yeah but I it mean, says but we're hearing too many different stories and that shouldn't mm-hmm. be it, if you know the, yeah. the police department needs to be accountable for sure for reporting the correct story the first time mm-hmm. immediately when something tragic happens mm-hmm. according to police account Officers entered the secured building just before 7 a.m. and went directly to the target apartment, which they entered using a key fob. They loudly and repeatedly announced search warrant police before they crossed the threshold in the apartment and ongoing as they made entry. Just over nine seconds after they made entry, they encountered a man who was armed with a handgun. He was holding the gun in his hand, and at that time, shots were fired. Man, I feel like it's hard to be on either side at this point. I don't know. It's just, yeah, like I said, it's important for them to give us the correct story. Like, yeah, because if rip. it was a wrong killing, of course it's wrong. But if it's accidental, it's like, it's still wrong, but it's like, who do you, who is there to blame? I don't know, man. It's just been a weird week, bro. It has been a really weird week. Like, yeah. Two kids randomly getting shot. They got shot while it was lunchtime, bro, outside of the school at Richfield. Like, that's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, RP to those families, man. And anybody going through some mourning that's lost someone, because we know it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's not easy when you lose somebody that's a big pillar in your life, especially a child. Yeah, anybody right. losing their child, I mean, in the African culture, you're not supposed to, not even the, but they always say it, like, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be burying our children, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, not that Americans don't say that, but that's just a big thing that they preach that's in right. terms of, like, do the right thing so we're not the ones burying, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So anybody has gone through that, I feel for you. I'm sorry. I, Anything we can do, prayers up, for real. Brian, let's talk a little bit about what you've been up to, man. Yeah, on a lighter note, we got mm. our guest with us. Uh, we got Sir Vonson. Hell yeah. You Bullery. know, the Bullery, yeah. the master, mm. the legend. Always, man. Tour legend. Yeah, man, that's really it for a lot, like a, from the top of the year, you know, just getting back on tour. I hopped on Gravy's tour right after that Minneapolis show, the mm-hmm. Armory show, which did it really well. <clears throat> um, and I was only going to go on tour for a couple of days just to see how it is, make sure things going smooth, you know, see how he's doing. He's progressed so much as a performer. He's doing amazing. But then I ended up staying on for like a couple of weeks and I'm about to hop back on tomorrow. Yeah. How's yeah. the, um, I know like you always yeah. see like artists and see like, oh, there's these tour dates and mm-hmm. tour that. And you see the little vlogs and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you're really experiencing what tour life is. For sure. What is that like if you were to give somebody who doesn't know what that's like? I mean, I've been touring for a few years now. Like we've, we've gone on, but I've seen this kid perform over 200 times in my life. So um, it's a blessing, bro, especially at this point in his career. Like everything's so smooth. You know what I'm saying? Like you go through the trials and errors of other things, getting too lit, like just, you know what I mean? Doing things like that, not taking a set too serious, things like that. And now everything is literally perfect. Every person that's on the tour is crushing it. They're all above average. The chemistry between every single person on the bus and what everybody's job is, uh, it flows perfectly. So mm-hmm. um, I think like it's it's probably the most fun tour I've been on. Really so you think it's the most like well mm-hmm. thought out from every yeah. perspective that most this organized. has probably been your best tour? Yeah, bro, for sure. Like the production's crazy, Got crazy video walls. <clears throat> Custom gravy train lights and shit, you know. We got we got a VJ, video DJ, light DJ. Um, oh, so that's how they do the videos on there. Mm-hmm. There's actually somebody that's it's their job Control to line them. it up, correct? Yep. What do you mean? 
So like so, when you play the song, the DJ is just playing the song. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a system where it's together. I don't know how that works exactly, mm-hmm. but I've always wondered like the person who's cueing the graphics, the mm-hmm. graphics go exactly with the song. Mm-hmm. Right. But like if you're on Serato DJing, like mm-hmm. that's not gonna play the video. How do you exactly. Oh, so, so you somebody need a separate has to be person on yep. point, just watching like yeah. To because sometimes ah, okay. you know like Tip sometimes might do certain things in the set. Or a tip gravy, and then the VJ might organize, orchestrate certain things they want to do during the set. So everybody kind of has to be on the same page. That, All right, we're gonna cut this here, or we're gonna change this up here. You know, but so yeah, there's a lot that really goes on when it comes Dude, to a tour. So much that goes into it, man. A lot so goes into it. Where do your like, where do your responsibilities lie mm-hmm. as far as like, when it comes to his career? Um, yeah, I handle, like, what does it mean to be like a, a, a <laughs> manager? Man, I, I handle a lot of marketing. That's like what I specialize in. So um, I used to tour manage him. Mm-hmm. All the tours. I don't do that anymore. Andrew Puya does now. Great guy. Um, tour management, tour management, artist management, touring, and then like in real life music stuff. Completely different. Um, How so? Uh, on tour, my skill sets. I feel like what I'm. My strengths don't apply to touring. To where I. I can be uh, an above average tour manager. Like obviously I could work to get to that point, you know, but I kind of like the things that I personally do. So I like being at home and going into the field, going, moving around with the artists, you know, doing promos, doing uh, um, interviews, doing anything an artist needs to do, talking with the label, handling the marketing, handling the releases, the rollouts, the strategy behind getting the music to work and the brand to work, you know, touring stuff. It's like, you know, you're advancing shows, you're, you know, talking with other TNs, you're talking with the uh, the promoters, you're making sure everything's on time, you're making sure you take care of every single person on the bus, you're mm-hmm. making sure the merch person's doing their job, the production people are doing their job. That's a big job. Sure yeah. It's a big job. Bro. Big job. And um, So you're handling a lot <clears throat> of moving parts compared to mm-hmm. being a manager. It's like, yeah. okay, we're dealing with this, this, that, and a third, we're rolling this out. Mm-hmm. But tour manager's like, this might mess up, this might mess up, how do we get this all to like align? Type shit, and it's just a different thing you focus on, you know, like really orchestrating, all right, like we, we have this much merch, we need to get this shipment in on this day, this is the most reasonable way to kind of guess it, or, you know, just things like that. And But the other thing is I noticed that the, um, I personally, I loved touring at this point in my life, it's not the best thing for me to do. I have other clients, I have other projects, I have other businesses, endeavors that I'm passionate about, you know? Um, so touring, like I get, I can get more done and I can be a better benefit to everybody's career right. by not being on tour all the time, right. you know, mm-hmm. so. And you guys, I feel like that's a goofy camp. Mm-hmm. Like that's a bunch of <laughs> meat and gravy and meeting someone's friends. And even knowing it's you, it's, it's a bunch yeah. of goofballs. Yeah, for sure. You guys bro. are getting stuff done, but it's a bunch of goofy nah, bro. people. And that's the best part. The people, especially in this tournament, everybody's great. You know, it's like, I think about everybody we've gotten to tour with over the past few years, and like some of those people aren't there anymore. For good reasons, they all progressed and did other things. For example, you know, Baby No Money, bro. Oh my gosh, this is a crazy story, bro. I remember Baby No Money touring with us for years. You know, Gravy and Baby No Money would do EPs together. Baby No Money wasn't that big at the time. I remember, I remember he would perform this one song on tour. He performed it for like two tours, this unreleased song. And I remember we were just like, bro, like, stop performing this. We've heard it for two <laughs> tours now. Like, perform something else. He's like, no, I think it's going to change my life. After the second tour, he dropped it. It's, it has over a billion streams. It went triple platinum. Really? So like every Apple commercial, yeah, it's called La La La. On Spotify alone, it has over one billion streams. And y'all were just like, was it like you didn't mess with the song? Or you're like, I just, I heard, just it heard it times. Like, it's ran down. It 60 times in the matter of four months. That's crazy. So, like, yeah, I was just like, oh, bro, come on, let's push something else. <clears throat> but no... 
Um, it's just, you know, things like that. So whenever people are in the tour no more, it's typically because they're progressing. We had a videographer, Charlie, who was really great. You know, he's now making movies and shit. We had Anglewood as a DJ. Anglewood's a really successful artist right now in the lo-fi community. Um, and then, but it, it's cool when you see shit like that happen, you know? And even myself, my career kind of progressed too in other ways. Um, Cause you expanded with doing more marketing for multiple mm -hmm. artists now too, yep. right? Other artists and whatnot, yep. <clears throat> so, so yeah, man. Not, That's dope. Yeah. Everybody's a goofball on there. Great group of guys. Great what's, group of guys. What's the, um, what's one of those funny moments you could say that happened, whether it be first tour, second tour, mm -hmm. third tour, that you're like, all right, this is something <laughs> I've been wanting to tell people for a little bit. Let <clears throat> me think of a good moment. Um, I think, aside from like wild, funny, crazy shit, I think probably my favorite moments is like the wholesome shit. Something that's so little of us makes someone's whole night. Mm -hmm. You know, there'll be times where I see like a kid in the back of the show, thousand people there, and I'm just walking through randomly. I'm just like, bro, what's up? Why are you in the back? And their mom might be like, hey, my son has anxiety, da da da. I'll be like, bro, you want to come on stage with me? Mm -hmm. You want to come backstage with me and chill with us, bro? You get a vibe out. You know what I mean? Come hang out with us. And like, like I've done those things a few different times, just small things like that, bringing people on the tour bus, just and seeing, you just never know what people are going through, bro. Right. You know, and um, sometimes you see it through the kids' reactions. Sometimes you see it through the parents. Like, they'll write letters. They'll send gifts. You know, they'll cry right then and there and tell you, like, we just had this happen to us. This is, like, the best thing ever to our family right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I think things like that. So I, I try to, I tr every time I'm at a show, you know, where I'm touring, I try to be super proactive. I try to always look at my DMs. If I see someone's like, yo, we drove four hours to come to this show and we missed the meet and greet, I'll be like, what's the next closest show? I'll give you meet and greet and you can hang out with us, you know? Right. Things like that, so. So you um, have access to, have you ever had access to like Gravy's like DMs or had to relationship? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so what's, uh, I know, <laughs> <laughs> you kind of know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, so it's like some of the wild DMs that you've seen oh my <laughs> scrolling through, through Gravy's. All right, bro, let me see. <laughs> nah, all right, I'll show you some funny ones and then I'll show you some wild ones. The funny ones is because like, it wasn't until like a year or two ago, Gravy started messing with like sports more, right? Mm -hmm. So he never really fucked with like football and basketball and shit like that. And so he'd be getting DMs from like Swaggy P and Des Bryant and people like that trying to link up and he doesn't know who they are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's... Um, so things like, the, you know, like the Seahawks, they invited us to a practice. Pete Carroll gave Gravy his Nike Air Monarchs from the Super Bowl winning season. That still has a piece of gum at the bottom. Gave it to him. Gave it to him. He has them in his room right now. I actually got a funny story about Gravy, too. <laughs> I'll be here, this, bro. So, <laughs> so I'm training, you know, I personal mm -hmm. training. I'm, I'm doing this adult class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's probably like five or six people, but there's like this older white man. He, he goes hard, former Navy SEAL type. So he usually gets after we get along, talk, mm -hmm. and I think uh, I do playlists. I don't make the playlist, but like I'll pick a song, like genre or like whatever, and a gravy song came on, and I'm like, okay, and gravy, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, I know, but I'm not like the type of person to be like, yo, bro, you know I know gravy, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know how some people are like that, and um, he comes up to me, he's like, man, you want to know how I heard about gravy? And like gives me this whole story about how they're on his pontoon. They have to like pick letters, and like his letter was like Y, and you have to pick like an artist and pick a song. Mm -hmm. And he it landed on Y, and he searched up artists with Y, Young yeah, Gravy. Yeah, pick crazy. up the first song. He said he's been a fan ever since. That's fine. Like bangs his albums. Blah blah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll do this one time. 
Right. It's like, I was actually just with him. It was like a week that we were literally, me, you, and him were together. Right. Like, yeah, I was just with him yesterday. He's like, that's hard. That's hard. Bro, if he needs anything done, <laughs> let me know. I'll go on tour with him right now. Right, bro. <laughs> I'm like, man, go back nah, to your wife funny. and kids, man. That's funny as hell. No, Isn't it crazy, funny. like, the level to which people are willing to, like, go for, like, somebody they're a big fan of? Mm-hmm. Bro, I've seen some Even more than what they would stuff. even do for, like, themselves. Or their family. Like, or their family. Bro. Bro, I've seen like I'll give you everything. My last bro, thing, I've seen, just so you could say I've been hi holding to me. on to this since high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it's not even like they'll give you a reciprocation back. That you could say that, and they might just give you a head nod, and that might be enough for that, them. Like yeah. literally, like a. It's bro, good. No. I've you know seen people saying? tweak out, bro. I've seen people propose at his meet and greets. I've seen people bring their birth Not seriously, though. Not like a 100% serious. proposal. There. Like yep. on the knee ring. On the knee during the show, they'll talk to him before. Like, I'm trying to propose to my girl. Can you stop the show and do it? They have, this happened at least, at the least 10 times. Oh, whole time I'm thinking, you're thinking girls are proposing. No, 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 no. Like, yo, gravy got it like that. No, but some girl did just bring him. Bro, we were in Colorado last week. Some girl did just bring a brand new Gucci duffel bag as a gift. As a gift? As a gift. Hey, gravy, let me know. I know you don't need it. <laughs> bro, he has, he left the, bro, he has three bags in the tour now, three Gucci bags. I'm like, how'd you acquire all these? Yep, yeah, pretty soon he's going to have two. Vaughn, when you get back on tour, exactly. you know what to do. I got you. I bet. <laughs> now that's locked in. Right. You heard it here first. Who's one artist that y'all think, like, if you could go on tour with them for a week, you would choose? Mm, it'd probably be some sort of pop star. Um, BTS? <laughs> to be honest, bro... I would say BTS like BTS is kind of cool though. BTS, BTS. I'm BTS, trying to think BTS. who's dope at performing right now. Like I really like I really fuck with Doja Cat's performances. I won't lie. Um, Doja Cat. Doja Cat's performances are are dope as hell. Honestly, right Doja now, Cat's got a wave right now. She does. I, like, she every, does. I don't listen to radio that much, but when I turn on the radio, it's. I wanna put on that. Right. No, I'm like, whoa, nuts. okay, Doja. No, but she's in her bag for sure. Um, has he done any music with her, or you just wish you could go on tour with her or do something? Uh, with her? Um, Doja, Doja and Gravy are friends. Yeah, and she, she was dating one of our other good friends, um, for a while. But no, nah, I just think watching her performances are sick. I'm trying to think who else is crushing it live right now. Did you see her episode on Dave? Are you talking to me? Either of y'all. Nah, I haven't seen... I, 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 I never watched second. one episode of Dave. Nah, first season of Dave is hard. Second season I hear is weak. I, I haven't yeah. really watched... It was, it was entertaining. It was a little weird. But yeah. But it was. She's... Uh, you know one thing I fuck with about her, though, in her career is she's so um, internet savvy, like, really, like, aware of, like, the meme culture mm-hmm. and, like, funny, trendy culture shit. And I feel like it just resonates with her career so well. Yeah, I feel like she'd probably be in, like, message boards and, like, on <laughs> subreddits and shit. Right. Type Under shit. another profile, like, <laughs> I guarantee yeah. you. What's, like, a skill? I, I know, like, some people feel like sometimes artists, they're good at, like, the skill set of the artistry that they got. But there's, like, a, a deeper, I feel like, skill that artists has, whether it be, like, how you said Doja can understand her, her fans that well. Like, what's, like, a skill that you've worked with that artists that you've seen from artists that you wouldn't really expect. Like, oh, damn, okay, you're so, really... Gravy is, like, my favorite one to think about. I think that's what made me really so savvy with marketing shit in general. It's like how this white dude is now a touring superstar rapping about Mills and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, one thing I watched him do from the beginning was his branding, his brand consistency was just so on point. He was so self-aware to who he was, to who his demographic is, and how he brands to him. And, like, I think um, 
for example, people who can do little branding things and consistently just keep going are the ones who are going to keep winning too. But like, it's down to like your mannerisms and like for sure. your tone of voice, the for things you sure. post, your, your story, mm-hmm. the way you stand, that the way you talk. That full artist awareness for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. That's what I'm saying. You, so you would say a lot of artists get lost because they truly don't know self? I think a lot of artists get lost because it's really easy to not know what to do or to model after. You know, I think some people, that's what I think the it factor kind of comes in. Mm-hmm. Some people kind of have it. Some people kind of don't. You yeah, know? it's like the majority of people are emulating what they've seen. And some people are com- coming up with some shit that just comes from their heart, their soul. Like mm-hmm. original. Because it's like, I can't, I can't really say, you could maybe compare Gravy to like an Asher Roth, but mm-hmm. he's not an Asher mm-hmm. Roth because he's more in depth, more, mm-hmm. even bigger than Asher Roth. Ashraf in that sense, but mm-hmm. it's like you can say there's a comparison, but for sure he's his own person <laughs> in his own right. You know what definitely. I'm saying? So that's definitely, I definitely get that. <clears throat> well, that kind of leads into one of our segments. We call this, uh, since we're talking about other artists, we call this a speed round. Speed oh, round. Shit. So I'm just gonna say whether it's like a this or that, mm-hmm. one phrase, and you just kind of say the first thing that pops to your head. All right. All right. Damn. I certainly get so scared no, about the speed round. Right. It's fun. It's fun. All right. First thing. Tory Lanez versus The Weeknd. Who are you choosing? For me personally, Weekend, bro. Me weekend. personally. Okay. What about you, Cam? You say Weekend too? No. Tory Lanez. <laughs> All right. Drake or Kanye? Kanye. Drake. Y'all are like polar opposites right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue sauce or ketchup? Barbecue ketchup. sauce, bro. Barbecue sauce yeah. for sure. Man. Barbecue Every sauce time. on certain shit, though. Chicken. True. You're right. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> Thoughts on long-distance relationships? No. It could work. <laughs> you guys are literally honest. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good off it. <laughs> like you tried it and it wasn't. It didn't I did work. It. It's just tough. Cam, you said it could work. So it you've done work it before. If you have enough budget, like if you have enough money to, to facilitate make? the travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like either one of y'all meeting up with each other. Like mm-hmm. it can't be just long distance It'd all be the time. Really gone type shit. Yeah. Y'all could be stationed in two different entities of the world. I believe if you have like the the funding or if you have like the means to get to the other person mm-hmm. on a regular basis still. Yeah, I don't think I've had a long distance relationship. Honestly. I haven't. I haven't, but I believe it could work. Um, first thing you think of when I say cheese, <laughs> I think of Logan Bunbury. <laughs> I think of Loki. Logan and another Loki. life brother. And another life brother. Shout out to Logan, man. Shout out to on your own. Um, the last one I have. <laughs> this is gonna be funny. And Cam, I need you to answer too. How do you slide in the DMs? Snowflake. Or uh, wait, what did you just say? Snowflake, like Quavo. Snowflake. Oh, you like that? Like Quavo, yeah. Um, I think it's unique to each individual person. You know what I'm saying? You gotta mm-hmm. think like what true they like. True player. Listen yeah. to Cam, hey yeah, man. That's true. Because the same shit ain't gonna work on every girl. You know what I mean? So are you like uh, jump in the DM, mm-hmm. try to admire mm-hmm. them, or jump in the DM and make them laugh? Personally, both. I be trying to do both, but I'm not gonna cap. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all some. I personally every don't time. like sliding in DMs. I don't like it. So how do you how do you find girls or not find girls? I'm gonna catch you. I'm gonna catch you. Talk to girls. Catch her outside. outside. Because bro, like if I've slid, I this is why I think like my media and shit. I just think I look so different in person. Like on my social media, people be thinking I'm like short and shit, and I'm not photogenic. But Drake say taller in person. You see what we mean? Photogenic, bro. So it's like I'd rather be in. I've heard way too many times where oh I thought you were short and fat. Like uh, I'm like oh god, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not trying to block my blessings. Because I look like a fool on the internet. If a girl say that to me, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be offended. Yeah, but I you don't look you like short. that on there. 
I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. For that, we need like a little sound thing. <laughs> should, we, should we get a soundboard? We definitely need a soundboard, oh, bro. We definitely need one. Because it's like, it could work. It's but just, it can't just be OD. Nah. Yeah, it can't. I think it could bring some like more liveliness to it. Mm-hmm. Because when stuff like that, that definitely needed a sound. Oh, for Another another segment we got, we call this business tip of the week. Mm-hmm. So you're an entrepreneur. You've been in the world. You've been around a different bunch of different artists, bunch of different cities. What's um, a business tip you maybe would give to like your younger self or maybe just somebody who's maybe an aspiring manager or aspiring whatever. And then me and Cam will give our business tips of the week as well. I, I got a couple actually. Okay. Um, I think my first one would be, like, would be stop bitching. Like, I spent, bro, I've had so many times in my life, even after reaching certain success, where I'll start bitching about something. And, like, that's mm-hmm. the process. And, like, learn to fall in love with those losses and those, you know what I mean, if people cross you or whatever. Learn mm-hmm. to kind of, like, almost be flattered by it because that's the process. That's the only way you'll learn this shit. You have to take L's. To, you have to fumble the bag. You have to fuck up with clients. You have to lose relationships to learn how to maintain them and to not lose them, you know? Right. So, um Literally, like, don't waste time crying because no one cares and just keep pushing. That thing, you know, that's really player. That's probably the first thing. And um, I think another thing is, is figure out what's realistic for you. You know, a lot of people take after, like, I'm personally not a big preacher of crazy rise and grind mentality. And it's not because I don't believe in it. It's just, it just never was me. You know, mm-hmm. like, I am a rise and grinder, right? But on my terms, kind of, in the most realistic way for myself. I also got ADHD crazy too, so my, my mind is all over the place with how I do shit. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, figure out what works for you and what's comfortable for you. Don't try to be like someone else necessarily, you know? Um, and if you want to be like someone else, do that. But just try to figure out uh, what is the best route for you with how you do your work and how you keep pushing yourself for it. Okay, so yeah. essentially, no one's coming to save you. You're always going to deal with you're gonna You're going to deal with those mess ups regardless. Mm-hmm. You taking that risk alone. You're going to deal with mess ups, deal with it, push forward. And then Facts. secondly, you said, um, second one? Second one was um, figure out like your own route. Oh, and yeah. Figure, out, for figure out your niche that's yeah. comfortable for you. I, I got one last one, too. Actually, okay. this is probably really important. This goes for artists, create, creatives, entrepreneurs of any sort. I think, um, I don't want to say try not to do this. I just want to say think universal, think global. You know, a lot of people think local. Um, which is great, but think universal, think global. Think about if you have something, how do I get more eyes on it? How do I expose this beyond the demographic I've been exposing it to? That's a good one because yes, she is. a lot of people don't understand that maybe your first few years, the majority of your income and revenue in general is going to come from something locally mm-hmm. just because of where you're stationed and where you're probably marketing and focusing your energy. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at bigger businesses that are having long-term success, it's very rare mm-hmm. unless you have a brick and mortar, like a restaurant. But even or, we've seen with COVID that brick and mortar might go to, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I can go to shit, but I'm just saying, I think if you look at successful businesses over the five to 10 years of their success, Later on down the line, the majority of their income is not going to come from anywhere local. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're touching other for sure. sections. Yeah, especially if we're talking about entertainment, mm-hmm. if we're talking about manufacturing some type of goods. Clothing, or, even or the products. Mm-hmm. The most expensive manufacturers in mm-hmm. the U.S. Mm-hmm. You got to go out of the country to get some good manufacturing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's right. That's you for know? sure. I think we think forget big. that there's hundreds of millions of people that live outside of the United States. The United States isn't even the, one of the biggest countries. Yeah, literally. We have a, a, a large portion of the world's wealth, but when you look in terms of like population and skill sets, like we're not the only things who do, nah. do the mm-hmm. certain things that are happening in here. What about you, Cam? What's your tip of the week uh, if you my, got one? My tip of the week is um, <coughs> to handle like your personal life. Take that time if you need it. Handle your personal life before you try to start doing business. Because if you start dragging emotions mm-hmm. and stress and anxiety into the workplace, I don't, I don't think you're going to have the best outcome. Yeah. And uh, your mind's not going to be 100% present. And you're not going to be given, you know, uh, you're not going to be giving your best effort. Right. So in, instead of trying to drag on and just say, and just say, I got this, I got this. And you're just... Mm-hmm suffering yeah, in your mind really handling it for you're not really doing it just mm-hmm. take that time that you need to get yourself together you know get your whatever that means for you everybody else has their own things that are weighing on them i can only speak for myself but i know if there's like hella laundry in my crib or like i got problems with a relationship mm-hmm. or friendship going on in my life that week may not be the best week to try to set up new deals and go have meetings and shit. sometimes as an entrepreneur you just got to tell somebody hey this week I got to take some time off. Mm-hmm. I'll be back with you next week, early Monday morning. But it's it's okay to take time for yourself because I, th- I think as entrepreneurs, we all oftentimes get locked into this idea of working 24-7. Mm-hmm. And that's not healthy and it's not going to be conducive to being your best self in right. business. So That's for sure. Perfect. Definitely. I it's... think people are overcommitting themselves, bro, like to their personal life and their work life. Mm-hmm. And they're ending up burning bridges. Mm-hmm. We've noticed, you know, right. even this week alone as we talk to certain people, that are just, they're overcommitted to too much going mm-hmm. on at one time. And so you're not even giving your full self to one thing. Because you're spread out in 18 different areas. Yeah. So when you're there, you're not even really present because you're, you're thinking right. about the next thing you got to do. So it's tough because, man, these days you got to go overtime just to try to get the bare minimum. The bare minimum, right. But if you can, take some time for yourself. That's yeah. what I would, I would, I would. Yeah, piggyback off of you. This is not mine, but just to piggyback off of you. Yeah, you have to get comfortable with being by yourself. Uh-huh. Like, not necessarily like, oh, I don't have anybody that loves me. No, I'm just saying, like, when you're alone with yourself and your thoughts, are you comfortable with being with yourself? Mm-hmm. Some people aren't because if they're in alone in their room and it's thoughts, it's like they're about to either bounce off the wall or they got to hit somebody up or they got to do You have to find, I would say for me as an entrepreneur, I had to find this time where it's like, yo, am I comfortable with me? Like, am I good with how I'm thinking about certain things? Like, is that who I am? And if that is, okay, how do I go about it? You know what I'm saying? How do I move forward? So that was just something I've kind of thought of to piggyback off of you. But I would say my business tip for the week, um, it was something uh, I think I learned ingrained from by Nipsey Hussle. He said um, he learned everything in his business A to Z, not necessarily because he felt like he had to do everything on his own, but so he knew when if I were to delegate this task and this person comes in, I know when I'm not getting played. So I will say like for me, when people you're starting off, you're not going to have all the skill sets that are done for doing something, but learn those pit part by part, you know what I'm saying? And as you learn all those skill sets, don't feel like you have to do them all yourself. You have to delegate to other people, meaning like somebody you have to bring on to do something that you know you know how to do, mm-hmm. but you're going to give them, whether it be the time, the money constraints to do that job where they're not feeling like they're getting played, but from your perspective too, they can't come to you and ask for something outrageous because at the end of the day, 
I don't need you to do this job, Facts. but I know how to do it. So when I hire you, yeah. I'm not getting played because you're, I know what it takes for I you. I know it takes. what it takes for you to do it. And I know what it takes for me to do it. And I know that you need that money for whatever time you're mm-hmm. putting into this effort. But at the same time, you ain't going to play me, bro, because I could do it myself. I just don't have the time right now Facts. to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I would say just learn every aspect of whatever industry that you're getting into and just learn what you're good at and learn what you're not and then delegate from there. Way easier said than done. Way, way easier said than done. Let's not. Let me not just say like, yeah, just delegate, blah blah blah, because people will fail. You people will come through. You think that they can do this, then they show up to your front door. They can't do a lick. You're damn near still teaching them, or there's somebody who's just. And for you to just even learn the shit mm-hmm. on your own, even even to get an overview of what every aspect of what you're gonna trying to do, mm-hmm. that's gonna take you five ten years immediately. Mm-hmm. It's a slow process. It's a slow process. Depending on the industry, like with clothes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I didn't know, but I was willing to start. I was willing to take the risk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the first step. From there, you're going to fail forward. Like you said, you got to fail to learn, hey, manufacturing in Minnesota is not what I think it is. But if I go to L.A., it's a little mm-hmm. bit better. If I start, you know what I'm saying? You start right. learning some of those things and tripping up. But for entrepreneurs, it's just something I learned in football and sports. Just don't keep making the same mistake. Because that's when you start digging that hole for mm-hmm. yourself mentally and financially, you know what I'm saying? Because like you're gonna get to the point you keep making, man, I'm no good, I'm no that. But it's like, no, just take a step back. Maybe you need to ask for some help. Maybe literally, you do. Literally. But that takes some pride <clears throat> and some self awareness. But Does. that was my, that's my business tip of the week. Just learn as much as you can about your industry. So when you have to hire somebody else, you know you're not getting played, but you can also give that person what they ask mm-hmm. for in terms of value. And uh, yeah, that was excellent. I had a quick question, Vaughn. I think. I'm curious to know, is there anybody entrepreneur-wise that you look up to? Not necessarily emulate, but mm-hmm. somebody that you looked and they blazed the path of their own. Where you're like, wow. There's a couple people. So whoever watches this, please look these people up. Um, there's a guy named Luca Nets. Stupid millionaire. Just like my age. Luca Nets? Luca Nets. Okay. Um... Look at Nets, I, we need I, you on the podcast, by the way, let you know right I, now. I, I followed this dude uh, for some years now. He started, uh, he, he created Cookies and Kicks. Oh, wow. But he, before that, he was doing e-commerce, dropshipping shit with, like, Supreme Patty. Like, he, he really pioneered, Are like, you still influencer marketing. dropshipping or no? Yeah, you still doing dropshipping? No, I stopped that, like, a year and a half, two years ago. It's just not profitable? Or? It's cool. It's just, it's just not worth my time for mm-hmm. the overhead that, you know? Yeah. Um. I thought there wasn't a lot of overhead in dropshipping, though. I think there's just, I think. Pardon me, I don't know too yeah, much. Yeah, no, about like, you have you can hire people out, but just even maintaining all that, like having VAs and stuff who are handling fulfillment, customer service. So it turns um, into management, essentially. Yes, literally, and it's just not a, you know, I just don't. But there, there are things from it that I'll touch on in a sec that I'm really happy about it. But Luca Nets, um, he's like a jack of all trades. He. That's following him made me really diversify what I did because I did e-commerce for a while and then I started making money out of music, right? Getting advances, start uh, getting other income from ancillaries and shit. And then, you know, sometimes you blow the bag, sometimes you don't. But one thing I learned about music was I remember my first bag I got. Blew it. Blew it. <laughs> Fucking dumb shit. And then, and then I remember just like. What did you like? Hold on. Then, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah. Go back. You, you, you blew the bag. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll explain it all. What did you buy? Oh. Brand new Audi out the lot. No, brand new Audi out the nah. lot. That's what I, the no, Audi was. 15, oh. you know, I, I bought the Audi when I got the other bag and I secured it correctly. So no. Okay. So the first bag um, was not as big as the bag when I got the Audi. But the first bag I got, 
I was young, bro. I was like 22. I'm 25. I was like 21 or 22. Um, blew it on just trying to keep up with all the rich ass people I was around. Just flying all the places, getting the nicest hotels, mm-hmm. going to the nicest dinners mm-hmm. every day. One trip that I'm gone for in five days would turn into 5K every time. Close. You know what I'm saying? Stupid shit. Literally nothing to show for it, right? Um, and then from that, I, I learned mean, experience, from, experience for sure. Yeah, and like I, I learned, uh, and you know that's a pretty tough moment when you feel like you've made it, right? When you feel like you've gotten, you acquired income that can change shit for you and your mom, you know, your friends, things like that. It sucks losing the bro. That's a terrible fucking moment. That's a deep, that's a dark moment, which I'm so ha- thankful I've gone through because it did a few things. It kind of desensitized me with losing. If I lost all my money, I like would care, but I wouldn't at the same time because I'm so confident I get it back. Mm-hmm. But um, but one thing I learned from Luca and throughout that process was like, I should be doing more things. That's when I got into e-commerce, right? And I did e-commerce. And I started making money off that, and I also then you know started outsourcing my digital marketing uh, skills to record labels and stuff. So I started making tons of money from that. Um, and so, yeah, and, and I just started doing other things. And now I invest, you know, now I'm into NFTs, as you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, I like it because, especially with music, Cam, you might be able to attest to this, you're not getting paid all the time. If you manage an artist or you are an artist, until you are stupid profitable touring like gravy, you're getting paid all the time. You're a true entrepreneur you know in what entrepreneur saying? sense. Yeah. But there's, there's times where you might sign a big deal. You might sign a big record deal, a big pub deal or something like that. But you're not going to get paid again because you're not big enough to get shows. You're not big enough, you know, to get an endorsement. This is kind of like the groundwork time, so you better hold that bag and really be careful with it for the next year and a half while you hopefully blow up. And you don't even always go. You don't always blow. So um, It's, it's tough, though, music, because especially yeah. in hip-hop, you're expected to... And I think this is a, a common theme amongst influencers in general, not just hip-hop, but you're expected to like show the money that you're making. Yeah. Because we want to see what our support... Industry. We want to yeah. see what our support is getting us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Show us the biggest chains. Mm-hmm. Show us the nicest cars... Like, for me, supporting you, streaming your album, buying your shit, following you on social media, all these likes I'm giving you, like, show me something. That's how I feel. Right. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that because they start thinking, like, I got to outdo myself on last week. Yeah, because even, right. like, an industry like real estate, I could own 50 units, and you would never know. Right. Like, I could have 50 units right now, maybe a basic car, and maybe, like, a chain. You'd be like, man, this man broke. Then you right. see some of the stuff you're actually doing, you're like, wow, he's got it. Because I don't have to show it because the industry I'm in. But I'm mm-hmm. in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry, if I'm not showing something, I'm you're broke. Not, you're not entertaining. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entertaining. I'm broke. If I come out on stage with a black tee and <laughs> jeans and some Vans every day, he going to wear some Jordan ones. Thanks, he gonna wear some ones. But I also look up to Gravy. Gravy really brought me into this. I wouldn't be here without him. And then lastly, I look up to my mom. Because I, I have skill sets that make me who I am, that make me good at things I do, that I learned from my mom. I remember growing up, my mom would always have like great relationships with people. People would go to crazy extents for her. If she needed anything of her family, anything, they would always come through. She would never not be able to figure shit out. And I realized it's because of the way she treated those relationships. Um, and she's very open-minded too, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, not even just that, just just certain things she forced me to do as a kid. She really made me grow the fuck up, bro. Like, I took my first flight alone when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Alone. That shit was scary as hell. I'm Walking through it, that it. shit was fucked up. I damn near scared at 18 my first flight alone. Yeah, I'm saying, right? <laughs> I was like, Mom, I don't... And she's like, bro, go. Like, you're going to go to your aunt's. You're flying alone. 
And that's crazy to say, because think about it today's age. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine kids or a, an adult sending out a kid like eight to ten? Like, yeah, go. Dude. I'm going to get you a taxi. Go to the airport. <laughs> they're going to drop you off. Go find. You're going to fly. I mean, yeah, given. I did it at a pretty young age, too. I, I was scared as fuck. I was like, I don't know. What if I don't know how to do the ticket machine? I can even find my seat on the plane. Security. But, or even yeah. like staying home and alone. Like when you're a certain age, if you was passing my crib, like mm-hmm. if you were past four or five, you can make a little PB&J. Oh, you could yeah, stay at the crib by yourself. Right. You can yeah, eat. No, you can eat. Really. We're going to go. Hold is Don't break nothing mm-hmm. and stay in the crib. Exactly. Don't stay open the door. Don't open the door for nobody. Stay in the crib. The food is there. Now it's like you... You might get uh, child protective services on yeah, you. They find real. a five year old in the crib by themselves. For sure. So, yeah, I definitely see that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mom Dukes, she's a legend. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Mom Dukes. All the moms out there. Shout out to y'all, for real. Well, Vaughn, I want to appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I um, appreciate you guys. We got a lot of, lot of actually guests and ideas for this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just good to get early support because obviously, you know, we don't have a whole lot to show for what we've been building so far. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you see the vision and I think you understand just us being friends yeah. um, that we're, we're trying to take this pretty far. No, I think it's going to go far. I, I'm happy for you guys and I'm proud of you guys. I think one thing that made me really love the whole idea for this is we were talking once, Kim, and you were like, um, you know, I'm not really trying to have this be just about music. Yeah. You know, like what people would just expect. Mm-hmm. Um. And I thought that was cool because you guys want to help people with business and entrepreneur things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things people can learn in those aspects that people just don't think about. And just hearing one person t- talk about one important thing that has helped them in their whole career is, you know what I mean? People can take that away. Yeah. You know? And I think sure. uh, that's right That's right up the alley of what we're trying to go for. And I think it also describes perfectly how we want to portray the information is like, here's our experience. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's not. This is not us telling you how you need to live your life. This mm-hmm. is not us telling you how to build a successful business. This is just us explaining to you the process that we've taken, mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls that we've encountered, some of the um, obstacles, how we got past it. So maybe you don't have to go through some of the right. tough things that we have. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're still going to have to encounter these things on your own to build your own character and your experiences. But um, yeah, we're not trying to preach to anybody. We're right. just just offering the information and uh, hopefully. You know, it's not taken on deaf ears. Right. right. And and with different people we bring on, it's not like every week we're going to have a guest, but it's like with different guests, we can tap into different industries and different crowds and different people and different voices that maybe don't feel comfortable having that conversation in public, but they're ha- comfortable having that conversation with us. And then the audience gets that chance to say, okay, I actually like that industry and maybe I'm going to try it or do this or take, even if they don't want to try something, it's like, hey, I learned something to better myself. So... That's really the perspective of that. And then, honestly, just to show it ourselves, like, hey, we live real life, we're real people, and we make and build relationships and grow with us as we grow this podcast. So, For sure. appreciate you again. Appreciate Much you love. Inside Boys, you know where to follow us. Tell them where to follow you. Von Bullery. Von Bullery on Instagram. Anything else you want them to follow you on? Uh, i just be using Instagram. Instagram, Von Bullery. Slide those DMs, baby. Yeah. All right, Inside Boys, you know where to find us. YouTube, Inside Boys. Twitter, Inside Boys. Uh... Patreon later, Inside Boys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.